Hello, hello. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope everyone's having a great Sunday so far. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Sunday service is all about, who I am, uh, my name is Cody Barton. Myself and one of my other partners, Pace Morby, uh, we do Sunday service every Sunday. We've been doing this uh, for a couple of years now, um, since summer of 2019. Uh, the intention was to, you know, share with you guys deals that we're doing, different things that we're doing in our business, and being able to show you guys things that um, things that are working for us, things that aren't working for us. And you know, the goal here is to, you know, give you some. Uh, educate you on some things that are working well for us and maybe be able to give you some insight on some things that maybe aren't working um, so that you can, you know, make some decisions for yourself on what what might make most sense for you and your business. Um, for those of you that do not know, um, yes, we are obviously on YouTube, but you can find Sunday service on Spotify. You could also find it on iTunes. So, uh, check us out there. Download if you miss a Sunday service. You could always catch up with us on there as well. So, guys, what what's going on? Connor, what's up? Tavis, what first timer here? Looking forward to learning. Welcome, welcome. Excited seeing everybody on here tonight. Um, can you believe it? We are already in November. This is the first week of November. Already is you know past us. We're you know less than two months now um, left in 2021. What a crazy year it's been. Uh, I, I hope, you know, and encourage everybody that um, hasn't achieved what they were looking to do this year that, you know, you're taking this time to, like J.D. Phillips says, full court press, you know, go all out to be able to achieve what, what you're looking to do. Um, so, oh, Vincent, hey, Mr. Lanza, Welcome, welcome. Happy to have you here. So what the heck are we talking about tonight, guys? We're, we're going to be talking about a Burr deal. So first of all, for those of you that are new, because I know, you know, there, there's different people on here uh, that are in different stages in their business. So I want to read you what Burr means. So you're not like, what the heck is that? Um, so Burr is an investing strategy that, you know, has became popular in the real estate investing space. Um, like many strategies, if you've been following uh, Sunday service for a while, you've heard about things like in creative finance, like subject to investing, uh, like seller, uh, seller carry, seller finance investing, um, fix and flips, wholesaling real estate, Airbnbs you know, lease options, all sorts of different things. And so tonight I wanted to just break down a, a deal that we're doing in our business, um, which is a BRRRR, which stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So I'm going to talk about a deal that we have um, and just kind of go through what the numbers kind of look like uh, when, when you're doing a BRRRR. I'm going to talk about some of the things that I like about the Burr process, and I'm going to talk about some of the things that I don't like about the Burr process, um, just from from doing these, you know, now over um, the last couple of years. Um, there's definitely some good pros, and there, but there's some cons that you have to be looking out for, and that you should definitely be aware of. So, um, so let's let's jump right in, guys. So, uh, and then, you know, happy to answer questions as we go through this, but we're going to stay on this topic uh, this evening. So if you have questions specific to this, of course, feel free to chime in. If I go over something and it goes over your head, happy to help. So, all right. So the, the deal that we're going to be going over is uh, on Vineyard. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share my screen with y'all here. And I'm just going to start, I'm going to write out some of the numbers. So let's go ahead. And so for those of you that might be just listening into this, I will, of course, be talking through the numbers. So if you can't see the screen, that is totally fine too. Um, but if you want to come back and view, uh, view it afterwards, you obviously can here too. So let's go ahead and dive right in here. All right. Okay, so... 
Um, we're going to call in, forgive me for everybody that is watching me draw. I am doing this with my mouse. I don't have the, the fancy iPad setup that Pace does for his drawings, but that will be coming soon. Uh, once I get, once I move, I'm moving in about a month and I'm going to get my new studio set up, um, and have it freaking dope. So the property that we're going to be talking about, and again, you can make fun of my horrible handwriting here uh, on Vineyard. Vineyard is the property that we're going to be talking about. And I'm just going to go over some of the figures here. So here we are. And guys, here is a real HUD. So for those of you that may not know what the heck a HUD is um, it, or settlement statement. So a settlement statement is what you get once you purchase a property or, you know, whenever you purchase or sell a property, sell a property, um, you're going to receive one of these at the close of escrow, um, which is basically going to break down the chart of accounts of the, uh, you know, the buyer or whatever the buyer is paying and whatever the buy, whatever the seller is paying you know, the credits or debits on the seller side and the buyer side and what those credits and debits are going towards. So I'm not going to spend too much time going through line by line on here, but I am just going to make some points on this particular document here. So we have a sale price of this property of $235,000. So let's, let's jump over. So I'm going to put PP for purchase price of $235,000 was our purchase price of this deal. Um, this is in Arizona. Um, and so let's jump back over there. So that's what we bought the property for. So the, the property was in a lot of distress. It was honestly a disgusting property. It needed so much work. It needed everything inside. Like everything was jacked up. The kitchen's jacked up, the flooring everywhere, holes in the walls, floor plan. Like they, they opened up some walls to create multiple you know, one large giant bedroom upstairs in it, like just all sorts of craziness in this property. So um, the backyard was a mess, lots of trash. Um, the pool was um, not working naturally um, either. So all of that needed repair and needed to be fixed up. So um, so what we did is we, when we, when we bought this property, something you're going to notice here is we bought it for 235,000. You're going to notice a loan amount though, of $285,000. You might be saying to yourself, well, what the heck is that for? Like you're buying it for 235, why are you getting a loan amount of $285,000? Well, the reason is is we're fu we're funding the the finance portion with our lender of the renovations on this property. So, we bought it for 235, the you know, there's fees and title costs and different miscellaneous things on the settlement statement. But then we are receiving here at the bottom, you'll notice due to buyer. So that was us. We're the buyer on this deal. So due to buyer, $39,293.89. So I'm just going to jump back over to our sketch here. And I'm just going to, for easy, uh, easy math, we had a loan um, for our renovations. Um, it paid, you know, for renovations and the purchase of the property for $285,000 by am 285k. Um, and essentially for, for our rehab, we had about $39,000 in rehab money to be able to allocate. Now let's talk about now what what did we actually spend in renovation on this property? So we estimated it was going to be about $40,000. So we were just shy of getting all the funds for that. But that's why we also as a company have funds from other fix and flips and projects that we've done in the past. So if we go over on a renovation for a rental, that's okay. So this was going to be $40,000. I'd be curious to get some guesses here. I want to get some guesses in the, uh, I'm going to stop sharing. So we anticipated spending $40,000 on this property. Um, but what we had to do is um, during the time that we owned it, we had some things that happened. So part of buying properties is there are some intangibles that you can't account for all the time. 
when you're buying. So something that happened on this deal was um, people vandalized it. Someone van someone decided to vandalize the property while it's vacant. They they knocked down two of our gates, basically totally broke them, got into the backyard, poured concrete into our pool and a bunch of other trash. Literally pour. I don't know why someone would pour concrete, but poured concrete into our pool. Um, and so that was a mess to have to clean up. I don't know. Uh, Bilal says WTF. That's what I said too. Um, but I said some other choice words as well when I found out that that happened. Um, but that's sometimes that's what happens on properties. We've had AC units stolen. Um, we've had, um, you know, we've had gener other general vandalism. And so honestly, you know, maybe it was targeted, maybe it wasn't targeted, but the thing that, that we see happen sometimes is there's, you know, I, whether they're young, middle-aged, older folk that like to vandalize properties, that's just something that sometimes happens. Like people have went and spray painted properties of ours. They've went in and, you know, busted up the walls and, you know, uh, flooded our kitchen, filled up the kitchen sink and flooded the kitchen of our property. Why? I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I don't know why this type of stuff happens, but sometimes people... Um, just do that type of stuff. So what do you do? You you just deal with it. Um, is there an insurance of sorts you can get for incidents like these? That's actually a great question. So insurance is great, but it needs to cost a certain amount of money to be able to make it worth it. Because if you're, so for us, for example, guys, understand this. Like we do a lot of fix and flips. We do a lot of rentals. We do a lot of things like this. Um, and so We've had other forms of vandalism in the past. And unless it's going to be, you know, a, a lot like over $10,000, $15,000 in, um, in damages, we're not going to file an insurance claim because we don't want the risk of increasing our insurance policy. Like, think about this, guys. If we have, like right now, we have just, uh, just under 20 projects going on between rentals and fix and flips. Now, if on one property that got vandalized, we did an insurance claim for something that cost us six, six or seven thousand dollars, but then it increased our insurance policies across every deal that we do now going forward over the next year, next couple of years because of the claim that we called on that. And what's going to you know, what's going to happen is we're going to be paying extra money on all of our insurance policies for all of our properties. That's the unfortunate world of insurance. So if it's not bad enough. Um, we just aren't going to make a claim because we don't want to, um, you know, increase our cost of insurance on all the other properties that we own. So that's just something that we deal with. So take a guess. How much do you think our renovation budget ended up being? Now we just finished the project. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, Cody Barton Official, um, you saw me post. I actually was driving to Florida Core for my own personal residence last uh uh, Friday, this previous Friday. And, you know, that property was on the drive there. So I just figured I'd stop by. So we started at 40,000. What did we end up at? We had a couple change orders um, inside the property, some unforeseen things that came up. And then a couple things we wanted to do cosmetically once we decided to convert it to a rental. So Sean Bennett says 55,000. Bilal says um, 70,000. JD says 52,000. So there's there's some good guesses here. Eugene says sixty five thousand. So the grand total was fifty seven thousand six hundred and sixty five dollars was our grand total for that project to get done. So there's there it is, guys. So if you're over fifty seven thousand, Connor, you're at fifty eight k. I mean, you're pretty much the closest. Do you have the cheat code to, to see the, the numbers there, Connor? <laughs> Al, 100K, crazy? No way, no way. Too high, too high. But yeah, so 57,000, um, just 57,000 and some change is what we ended up spending on this particular deal. Um, and and why do I why am I mentioning this? So I just want I just wanted to to share that more so. So you can understand that when you're budgeting for your projects, whether you're doing fix and flips. Um, or you have, um, you know, or you're doing, you know, rentals, um, and you're doing the renovations for them, always account for higher than you're going to expect. 
Um, that's, that's something that you have to, to keep in mind guys, because there's things that un, intangibles that you don't under, account for, like vandalism, you don't account for the, the pipe bursting in the wall that, you know, there's just a bum pipe that per, burst and now you have a big water issue and maybe some mold and things to take care of. Like, those are things that you just have to, you know, when you're, when you're getting into this business and when you're getting into owning real estate, not just wholesaling real estate, there are costs that you need to understand that you might have to, to take care of when, when you're doing deals like this. So um, I just, I just want to share that, um, you know, it doesn't happen on every deal. Some deals go smoother than others, but it's just something to be aware of. So, so we talked about, we bought the deal, we've renovated the deal. So we've spent the money renovating it. It's in good. It's in good condition now. I saw it on Friday. It looks freaking beautiful. I wish I had pictures. Um, I'll probably do a follow up video on my YouTube channel just just for fun. Um, so I'll probably go do a video over there. But you know, you can imagine just like the same colors that everybody loves right now. We did the grays and whites inside the the property. So we painted the exterior gray. Um, we put rock in the front and backyard for the future tenants that are going to be moving in. Um, gray flooring, gray paint, you know, all, all the things inside. So it looks super nice. Um, so that's all done. So that's the second step of, of the burr, which is, you know, we did the buy. Now we've done the renovation. So that part's complete. So now on the vineyard property, now we, we got to start talking about the, the next step. So I'm going to go back and share, share my screen. I did just realize that, um, we do Sunday service at 7 p.m. in Arizona. And for those of you that, you know, this is seems early, it's because Arizona doesn't change time zones. I think there is a time zone change in all of you crazy states that are not Arizona, but in Arizona, we don't change time. So um, that's that's where we're at. So if you if your time zone changed, that's I, I'm, I apologize. You got to change your clock. 7 p.m. Arizona time. Um, all right. So let me jump over. Let's jump back over to my sketch pad here, my beautiful sketch pad. So we talked about purchase price, 235,000, loan amount, 285,000, rehab, 39K is what the funds we got for the renovation. We planned for 40,000. We spent 57K was the actual spend on our renovation. So when we talk about Okay, you know, uh, general general numbers on this. Like, let's look at look at the calculator here. So, and guys, I know people are going to be like, "Well, what about this cost and that cost and that specific fee and all of the things?" I just want to show you basic numbers. Yes, there are title fees. Yes, there are other holding costs, utilities, all of those things. I'm going to use basic math. There's going to be a variance of a few thousand dollars here, but I just want to get the point across. So, so we bought it for $235,000. We spent $57,000 on the renovation. So technically $292,000 is what we're into the property for. Now, again, we are into it for more. So title fees, we have some, um, some money costs on the, the funds that were lent to us insurance, uh, all the things, right? So let's just assume it at 300,000, which it's a little bit over that guys, but humor me with the, the easy math here for the example, 300,000 is, you know, around what we're into it for. It's probably like 305, but let's call it 300 for the example. So now we have our, uh, our purchase is done. Our renovation is done. Now we're going to go rent the property. So for this particular deal, uh, rent rates are about 2,200 a month. So 2,200 a month for our totally remodeled, really nice property and, you know, great condition for this particular location is what we're going to be expecting to get for rent. Um, and so, once we get it rented out, something that we take right off the top immediately is we pay a property manager because we have a lot of homes. So we get a discount. So for those of you that are like, how do you get that cheap of property management? We'll go bring a property manager, a lot of properties, and they're going to probably work with you on your fees. So we pay $60 a month. 
um, for each property for the management. So that's, you know, immediately taken off for our property manager. Um, there are some other costs associated, you know, you have to account for, you know, operating expenses, repairs and vacancy and things like that. But just for keeping it easy for this live, let's look at, um, we have a pool. We pay $109 a month for our pool service. Let's write this. So that was our property management for $60 a month, $109 a month for our pool service. And guys, I don't love buying properties with pools, but if they're a good deal, it's just, we're just going to, we're going to buy them. Um, you know, but I, I just don't like them because of this right here, this fee of servicing it. And I don't really want to fill them in unless it's just absolutely necessary to for, just because of the resale value down the road. Um, the pool does help with that. So I don't want to fill them in, but um, you know, that, that is something that we take into account with, with the pool. Um, and I've already done the math guys on, you know, what we're going to, uh, what our payment is going to be. So let's jump over on the side of the screen here. So, um, our monthly mortgage payment PITI, which for those of you that don't know what PITI is, that stands for principal interest taxes and insurance. So whenever you're making a mortgage payment, say you got a loan from Wells Fargo, you got a loan from Bank of America, Chase Bank, you know, whatever loan company that you got a loan from, you're going to be paying all in that one lump sum, four different things. Typically it's the principal payment that's going to be going to paying down your loan down. You're going to be paying the interest, which is the profit that the bank is making from you paying for that loan. You're also having lumped in there the T, which is your taxes, which you can't get out of it. It's just what it is. There's property taxes on every property. Um, then you have your I, which is your insurance. And that's your homeowner's insurance. So again, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, those are all lumped in there. And our payment on that is looking like it'll be about $17.69 a month. So that is about what um that's that's what we're going to be paying a month on this deal so let's let's just do some again rough math and for the the people that are going to be like these aren't exact numbers again it's this is an example it's just showing kind of a rough idea rough numbers of what you know a deal like like this can look like so let's run through it real quick so if we're paying twenty two hundred dollars a month or if we're getting paid twenty two hundred dollars a month from the tenant that moves in minus the $60 a month for the property manager, minus the $109 a month for the pool service. Um, I'm not including the cost of vacancy and I'm not including the cost of capital expenditures. I do that on my in-depth underwriting. Um, if you wanna see something like that where I do my exact in-depth underwriting, um, you know, I could do something like that on my YouTube channel for you guys. Um, but again, just rough numbers. So my gross, um, so $2,031 a month minus $1,769 a month. Oops. Um, $2,031 a month minus $1,769 a month is $262 a month, roughly, give or take. So um, when you look at that, Oh, apologize, guys. I, I was looking at the wrong notes on, on my on my screen over here. Um, what I was our PITI scratch that gang. We're gonna that's it was sixteen hundred was my PITI. Apologize. I was wondering. I was like, I this is a lot better deal than that. That that number wasn't adding up. So let me just recalculate that again. Apologize. So twenty two hundred minus sixty dollars a month minus a hundred and nine dollars. A month minus 1600 we are at $431 a month. So our gross cash flow would be $431 a month on this property. Obviously, our net cash flow is going to be a little bit less than that. I would say, you know, roughly $150, $200 a month less than that. So around a net of $250 to $300-ish a net in cash flow. Um, but this is a good you know, idea for our gross cash flow of $431 a month. So uh, I'm going to jump back here and just answer any questions as I've you know, continued going through this.
let me see what some of these are. Okay. Sarah says, it does say 7 p.m. PST. Shout out to my team for posting PST when it's not PST. So thank you for that. LOL. Okay. So um, I'm going to answer a few of these questions here. Um, Tavis, I apologize. I think it's Tavis or, or Tavis. Um, does an LLC have to wait six months to refinance like normal personal residential loan? No, it does not. Um, so for um, the company that we utilize, we have a, a great loan officer. His name is Tim. Um, and if you go to myinvestorloan.com, you could submit your deal there and they will uh, quote uh, the property that you're doing, whether it's a fix and flip or, you know, a rental refinance or, you know, anything like that. So again, myinvestorloan.com, um, you can utilize that. Um, but you do not have to. Different lenders have different requirements. The lender that we use at myinvestorloan.com does not require you to, um, you know, season it. So, you know, some people you know, some lenders, they require seasoning, which basically means like if once you get a tenant in your property, they want to see the tenant paying for six months or 12 months before they're going to refinance it. So our lender that we utilize is going to refinance this as soon as we get a tenant placed in the property. So as soon as we get a tenant in there, which we got pictures taken over this weekend, actually, of this recording, um, we are going to be having, you know, them start the marketing this upcoming week. We'll get a tenant in place, and then we'll talk about that next step. Um, Amir says, what is your property manager role for each property? So for each property, um, you know, our, our property manager, they're, they're in charge of listing it for rent. They're in charge of getting pictures done, listing it for rent, uh, handling applications of the tenants as they come in. When we, when we Once they uh, find a tenant they want to accept, they just... They basically call me and tell me about their top, you know, a couple applicants. And then, you know, I tell them based off of, you know, credit worthiness and, you know, financials, um, which one we're going to accept for the property. Um, and then they do the managing of the day to day. They collect the money from the tenant. They disperse that money to me, um, you know, in our business every month. And they, they kind of handle all that. Um, so they charge $60 a month. And, you know, that's yeah, that's it. Uh, Josh Glow TV says. What does PITI stand for again? Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. That's what uh, that's what PITI. Someone is saying, whenever you buy these kinds of properties, put small spy cameras. I've thought about putting cameras up, but it would just cost too much money to do that at every property, and logistically, it just doesn't make sense. So we just take the L's when they come. Uh, Josh Corby says, when using a private money lender, does your mortgage servicer put the PML monthly payment in escrow or do I pay that separately? You can do either. So you can set it up for yourself, Josh, to be through a servicing company to make those payments, which I would suggest if it's going to be a long-term loan. Um, on our short-term loans from our private money lenders, we just pay those payments as they um, you know, uh, as a separate thing that our bookkeeper sets up and just, you know, make sure that those payments go out every month. And that's, that's how we'll manage that. Mm. Apologize here. Um, Anna is asking what the heck is the ARV for the property? I didn't even talk about that yet. So the ARV for this particular deal guys is 400,000. So again, we bought it for 235,000. We're into it, give or take $300,000. And the ARV is $400,000 on this property. All right. Um, Brian's asking, what lender do you use that could uh, use Airbnb rent rolls instead of regular long-term rent rolls? I don't currently have one. Um, all of our Airbnbs we own on Creative Finance, either seller carries or subject twos. Um, so that's, that's what we've done there. Um, Josh is asking when you refinance this property, is the interest rate going to be higher since it's an investment property? Yes, it's typically going to be higher than a personal, personal property, but 
the rates that I've gotten on my last, you know, few burrs that we've done or refinances that we've done have been as low as 3.875% interest and as high as, you know, 4.75% interest. Um, it really is dependent on, you know, whether I've done like a cash out refinance or whether um, the loan to value is, you know, super high or not. Like a, the lower the loan to value is, the more money they tip or the more the better terms you're typically going to get from your bank. Um, so, yeah, um, let's see here. OK, um, Quentin says. Would you do a rental with the tenant paying cash instead uh, instead of credit because you don't have to claim all the income if it's cash? I wouldn't do it, Quentin. You could do whatever you want. Um, we are always going to, um, you know, we are going to always do it the legal, lawful way and pay our taxes. I mean, we, we reduce our tax liability by buying more rentals and getting depreciation and write-offs for our rentals. So I don't ever, I mean, that's why I have a property manager. I don't have time to be collecting my tenants' funds and, you know, hounding them, chasing them, you know, dealing with tenants' issues. That's why we have a property manager in place. So we have the, um, you know, we have the property manager in place to be able to handle all of that. You can do that, but I mean, I just prefer to just, have it all, you know, collected through a property manager, no, no cash payments. Uh, it's the 21st century. I mean, obviously for your reason, you're trying to avoid claiming the money, but we don't even allow the tenants to pay cash that we have. They, they're paying through an online portal. So they're either paying with a credit card, a debit card, or they're paying with their, um, you know, with a direct ACH payment, um, or they could send a wire, as well like those are their options it's just if you rent with us here's how you pay rent and they don't have other choices so that's it um just as and as you start getting more properties it just you know more systematically where it works better less chasing of, of funds as well um so so we've talked about let's recap so we've talked about the buy we've talked about the renovation we've talked about now the renting process so that process is getting started this week and now once a tenant gets into the property, what's going to be that, you know, what's going to be that next step? Um, and that's going to be the refinance portion. So I'm going to just touch on that here briefly. Ooh, Connor asked a good question. So you're choosing to do the burr on this property instead of a fix and flip for tax reasons. So, so yeah, so within our business right now, um, we don't want to make, lots of more cash. We don't want to make a lot more money through these last couple of months of the year because we're trying to reduce the amount of taxes that we're going to pay. So we're opting instead of uh, fix and flipping this property and getting, uh, you know, more gains that we're going to have to pay taxes on. Um, we're opting to instead keep it as a rental, refinance it, get some, get some monthly cash flow, and then on top of that, all of the other benefits we get, some of this might go over your head, but I'm not going to go into every single benefit, but the benefits of keeping this as a rental, we get principal pay down. So that monthly mortgage payment where we're paying that PITI, that principal pay down is going to be going down every single month. We're going to be um, also um, receiving depreciation, which if you don't know what that is, talk to your CPA. It basically allows us to write off a chunk of our income because we're uh, able to depreciate this property. The other benefit that we're going to be getting from this is monthly cash flow. So that few hundred dollars a month that comes off from this property and income is going to go into our business and we're going to get cash flow every single month that we have this tenant in there. Um, I don't account for appreciation, but I assume that the property will be worth more in five years and 10 years from now than it is worth today. So we get long-term appreciation as well. And then on top of that, um, you know, we, we're, uh, hedging against inflation. Um, you know, we're going to secure debt on this property at 4%, four and a half percent and, you know, inflation, there's lots of talk around what inflation rates are, you know, 
they they say that they're not as high as they really are but i think inflation is closer to 10 percent. that's just my opinion um and so if if i'm securing a mortgage at four percent or four and a half percent on top of all those other benefits that i've already spoken about i'm receiving a hedge against inflation because as in you know inflation eats away people's savings this property this mortgage is going to be the same amount that i'm paying every month inflation is going to increase rent rates you know there's a lot of other benefits to you know holding on to this property outside of just you know um, saving on taxes so those are a few different uh those are you know a few of the benefits of why you know we we decide to go this route um you know we we, we do have a lot of other fix and flips going on right now um, but, you know, we're strategically keeping some of them as rentals that that makes sense. So like for us right now, Connor, a lot of them that we um, a lot of them that we have going, we are. Um, what's it called? Um, a lot of them that a lot of the properties that we have that are manufactured homes, condos, townhomes those are properties that we're flipping and a lot of the ones that are single family homes like this property is those are the ones that we're going to keep and you know turn into a rental or if it's small multifamily like duplex triplex fourplex we're turning those into rentals as well adam is asking uh your property manager is only 60 dollars a month what do you pay your airbnb property manager so we we pay our airbnb property manager 15 percent of the uh you know of the revenue that the the properties generate on airbnb ingrid says i've heard 5.3 percent as inflation from different investors and finance guys never heard it to be that high here so the thing that i the thing that i look at is i don't I don't want it to, you know, be super political, but I don't necessarily trust that the government is giving us what the accurate inflation numbers are because it would scare people. But when you look at the cost of goods and you look at, you know, if you look at gas prices, you look at home prices, you look at rent rates, you look at used car prices, you look at these other, uh, these commodities and, and the way the, the skyrocketing of what these commodities are increasing by, I don't believe it's 5%. I don't, I just, I don't believe it. And it just, we're never going to know the true amount because it's never going to be truly shared. I don't think so. That's just my opinion though. Um, which is why, you know, again, I choose to use real estate as a, a hedge against that inflation. Um, Josh is asking, why did you decide to burr instead of sir? So, Josh, the, the sellers of this property, they needed the cash. They needed to be cashed out. They didn't want to sell or finance it. They didn't want to do uh, any creative terms on this deal. They needed out. They needed cash so that they could move. They were moving out of state. They had a, a bunch of medical bills that had piled up. There was a situation where they needed a lot of cash, like a hundred plus thousand dollars in cash at least. So we decided that it made the most sense to do a cash deal to get them the cash that they needed because um, they couldn't wait months of, you know, us paying them, say, uh, monthly payments until we finished the renovation to then refinance it. They needed the cash now. That was why we did that. But we do do that on other properties where it makes sense for the sellers. Um, Bilal, it's way more than 5%. I agree. I agree. Okay. Awesome. So, um, jumping back here. So we talked about the purchase. We talked about the renovation. We talked about, you know, getting it, um, the, getting this property rented, uh, then the process of refinancing it. So that's really going to be the last step. So say we get a tenant in there within the next couple of weeks, which, you know, this time of year is sometimes a little bit slower. People aren't always moving as much during November, December. Um, so I would say within a couple of weeks, we'll get a tenant in there by the end of November. Um, and then we'll start our refinance process and we'll have our refinance done mid to end of December. And so that is that final step. And so here's the really cool thing is I'm, I'm going to go, um, you know, I'm going to share my screen again with you guys. Let's jump back over to my sketch pad here. So, um, so we talked about, 
um, you know, the, the refinance. And so I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of some of this stuff on here. Um, so in this, in this refinance, uh, the, the lender, we're going to refinance it up to 80% of the, um, you know, of the value. So let's do the math real quick. So if the property is worth, if it appraises for $400,000, right. And we can get financing for 80% of that value. That would be $320,000. Let's just, let's lower it down a little bit. Let's say, let's see what it is at 75% of, of value. So let's say 400,000. 75% of value is 300,000. So let's go off of that. So let's say that we, you know, uh, again, our property, let's say, is worth $400,000 is the value, is our value here. And then we go get a loan. The lender says, yep, I agree. It's worth $400,000. We'll lend you 75% of the value of that property. Okay. So that 75% of value is $300,000. So we're going to get a loan for $300,000 in a property that's worth $400,000. We'll have $100,000 in equity, right? We'll have $100,000 in equity on this property. And, you know, we're going to be getting the cash flow, the depreciation, all of those benefits that we already talked about. And so here's the other thing. So we already agreed that, you know, we're into this property around $300,000, $305,000. So there's going to be costs associated with refinancing it. Like the lender charges fees. There's going to be, you know, a point or so and uh, that we're going to be paying on the loan. We're going to be, you know, paying some underwriting fees, appraisal fees. So let's say it costs us, you know, uh, you know, 10, it's around where we're going to be stuck into this about $10,000, meaning of the money that we spent, we now have a renovated property that we were totally into for around, you know, let's call it $310,000 because that 300 plus the, you know, around 10 and fees and whatever else. Right. So we're into this property for $310,000. I go get a loan for $300,000. It essentially cost me $10,000 to receive give or take around $300 a month in cash flow. I'm getting my principal pay down. I'm getting tax advantages. And I only had to have around $10,000 in cash that's stuck per se into this deal. And I have $100,000 in equity now in a remodeled property that tenants are going to pay down the mortgage and tenants are going to make that monthly cash flow happen. And that, in a nutshell, is the Burr process from the buy to the renovation to the uh, rent you know, renting it out to the refinance. And now the last step is repeat and just going and doing it again. And so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's an example of a deal, um, you know, that, that we just did. Um, oh, Davis is saying, sir, uh, for the sir process, I did not know refinance was an option for seller financing. Yeah, we just we refinance seller finance deals. If we can get better terms on, you know, on on a bank loan, sometimes, then we'll do that, right? Or if we want to refinance and, and do a cash out refi, you can do that all day long. Um, when we're talking about the inflation conversation, uh, Kyle uh, Santiago said, "I've noticed donuts and coffee up ten percent." I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, um, Josh, I did not mention um, our lender. So we, this was a private money lender. So we have more flexibility with utilizing what we want to do with the private money um, versus like a hard money lender. Um, but their private money lender funded our purchase and they funded uh, the renovation. So they just funded the amount that I requested. It wasn't based off of the percentage of anything. It was just, hey, I want this much money. This is the deal. Here's what we're doing with the deal. And here's how long we expect your money to be working. So it's different than if we're working with a hard money lender, less, less strict. Um, let's see, so um, that's essentially that, you know, that, that's the vineyard deal. We'll be into it for very minimal amount of money out of pocket and an asset that we're going to hold for the next five to 10 years, probably closer to 10 years and let our tenant pay down our mortgage. 
so, um, you know, happy to answer, you know, any questions on that. Um, again, you know, if you, uh, you know, are, are looking for a lender to do a refinance or anything like that, um, you can go fill out, uh, create an account with myinvestorloan.com and, you know, submit any properties that you want to flip or refinance and they will, um, you know, send you an offer for what uh, loan terms that they could do on your potential deal. Um, that's who we use. There's a guy named Tim over there um, that will uh, that will make sure him and his team get you taken care of if you need a loan. But here's the thing. So I, I just want to touch on if there's you know any questions that come up, happy to answer them. But I want to touch on the <clears throat> I think the Burr strategy is very the slow way to doing this if you don't have a lot of money. If you don't have a lot of money right now. The Burr process is going to be a challenge for you because you'll notice we have money stuck in this deal and we have other deals that larger chunks of cash get stuck in these deals. So that's something that you just have to keep in mind. Um, the reason that I like that, you know, Pace and I love subject to and, you know, seller finance and, you know, those creative finance strategies is it allows you to get more properties faster you can scale your portfolio a lot faster than if you are buying this way and doing the burr process. I love the burr process specifically because you can, you know, you can renovate a property, get it in good condition. You fix the things. It's a new roof. There's new windows. There's a new AC. There's new hot water heater. There's, you know, you did tile everywhere. There's no, there's no carpet that you're going to have to rip out in a year. You've done, you know, the preventative maintenance um, on the property and you've got it in good condition that it's going to last for years before you're going to have to spend a bunch of money fixing stuff. Like those are things that you have to, um, you know, keep in mind when you're acquiring rentals. So that is, um, uh, you know, those, those are the, you know, the reasons that we like, you know, subject to and seller carries is you can get into those deals faster, but you're typically your your operating expenses and your maintenance are going to be higher because a lot of the properties you're going to acquire probably aren't going to be brand new versus when you're acquiring brand new stuff uh, or when you're acquiring stuff that's all jacked up through burr process and then you renovate everything and now it's all new. You're not going to have ex that many as many expenses typically. So those are you know pros and cons understanding on on both sides there. Um, Josh, since you worked with a private money lender, I'm assuming you didn't have to pay all those junk fees like origination, right? No, no origination fee, no doc fee, no underwriting fee, no appraisal fee. The closing costs for the lender, there's no closing costs. We pay them their private money interest every month. That's what we pay. And then we pay our title fees. You know, you have to close that, you know, whether you're in an attorney state or a title state, we pay our title fees and, um, you know, that that's essentially it. Um, title insurance, those we don't there's not a bunch of junk fees on, on the front end. Now, when we refinance it, I did mention, Josh, that we are going to pay an appraisal fee when we refi it. We are going to pay an underwriter fee. We're going to pay a point or a point and a half based on the loan terms that I, you know, pick out with my investor loan. Um, to be able to to do that. So there's going to be some fees on that end. But on the private money, we don't, we're not paying any fees. So that's that's just what um, our setup is with our lenders. So, um, guys, I hope this was helpful. Um, I do want to say this is Sunday service, 7 p.m. What time is it in Arizona? Mountain? It's not Pacific anymore. If you're curious now, going through winter time, um, you know, as you're going through winter time. Look up 7 p.m. Arizona time. Whatever time that is, that's the time that we're on Sunday service every Sunday. Um, I'm going to answer these last couple questions here. Uh, Tom buys houses. Do you worry about the rental moratorium with Burr? I don't. I don't worry about it with. Uh, oh, Christina, thank you. AZ is Mountain Time. It is so 7 p.m. Mountain Time next weekend, guys. Um, I don't worry about the rental moratorium with Burr. I think with Burr, you actually have a less likelihood of having issues with tenants because think about this. When you have a fully renovated property, like the nicest properties in the neighborhood, do you think you have more great applicants or more not so great applicants? 
when you have a beautifully remodeled property that's really well taken care of, do you think you get more applicants that have maybe higher paying jobs, maybe better credit scores, maybe better situations where they're going to be a better fit for your property versus a property of yours that you put up for rent that's jacked up, it's a bunch of stuff's broken, it's busted up, it's gross, it's nasty. Which property is going to attract better tenants that have better paying jobs, better credit, those things that they care about taking care of their credit? That is the thing to keep in mind. So I don't worry about, um, I would be more, I'm more worried about the moratorium for holding, you know, junky properties. If you're holding junky properties in junky areas, like those are the things that you have to, um, you know, that's, those are some of the things that you have to keep in mind. Um, Myron says, uh, meet some rich people with money sitting in the bank or work together with other investors with your leads. That's a great idea. As you're scaling up your finances, it's a great idea to squat up with other investors. Christina, you're awesome. Thank you. Okay. Um, last question here. Amir says, how do you keep up with 15 plus properties during rehab for a burr or fix and flip, like getting bids and progress for each one? Oh yeah, we have, we have a project manager and we have two crews that are running all of our projects. And so um, some of the biggest things is we, we keep things simple. We use the same type of flooring on every property. We use the same paint on every property. We use the same countertops on every property. We use the same cabinets on every property. We use the same fixtures on every property. We use the same rock in the yard on every property. We use the same everything on every property. So that's one of them. Um, we don't, we don't, um, you know, we're not fancy. Like we don't go and get, you know, Oh, like I, we're going to make this one pretty or this one special. It's like, no, it's going to be gray. It's going to be gray floors. It's going to be white cabinets. It's going to be gray, you know, like or gray slash white quartz countertops. It's going to be the same matte black fix, you know, fixtures throughout. It's going to be the same black and white exterior gray, uh, you know, exterior paint, like those are some of the things that you do to scale up your business as you're doing more fix and flips and more rehabs is you do the same thing over and over again on all the properties. And it's the product that the marketplace wants. That's what we do to, you know, simplify some of that process. But then we have a project manager that's managing all of the properties too. So that, that also is extremely helpful. Um, so guys, happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. We'll see you guys next Sunday on Sunday service. Pace will be back with me as well. He's enjoying Disneyland with his family today. Well-deserved time for him and his family. So um, have an amazing week, everybody. Get out there, crush it. We'll see you next weekend. Peace.